Hey everyone, it's Matt. Welcome back to the On Guard Podcast. So what you're hearing is the sound of my living room and dining room and children from Invictus rehearsal last night. Isn't that fun? Isn't it nice to hear rehearsal again? I think that's, uh, I mean, that's a nice little snapshot of, of my COVID life. Um, and that's my wife, Angie Hauga-Jordan, running rehearsal from a living room in St. Paul, Minnesota, to a bunch of living rooms and bedrooms and hallways and dining rooms in in around Texas. So that's... That's what we're doing. I want to give you guys an update on the organization. We have been on a little bit of a hiatus from the podcast due to the fact that we have a season going. We have been going since October with auditions and full weekend rehearsals. We have created bubbles, and we'll get into that in this episode. We'll talk about that with Tracy and Michael. We wanted to get into it today and, and get you guys a podcast. Um, like I said, it's been a while. Uh, most of the podcasts you heard, by the way, uh, in the previous episodes, that was done when our season ended uh, in 2020 abruptly. So that happened between March and I would say June, uh, most of those conversations. And so, yeah, we've we've really been on a break. We, we have not had our podcasting hats on lately. And by we, I mean me and like one or two other people. <laughs> it's not, we're not a huge operation. So, uh, and with that, I want to say thank you to everybody for listening, for sharing this, and for the feedback and the love that has come back from putting this podcast out there. Uh, there's a lot of different modes of this podcast, whether it's a member interview, we did our top three things we missed about drum corps. We released that the uh, during what would have been the first drum corps show uh, weekend of the summer back in June. Um, and then we did some historical trips um, back into some of Tracy's previous programs. So uh, those of you that, that have been listening to those and sharing those, um, we, we are absolutely shocked when anybody listens to these outside of our, our, little circle here in central Texas. So, um, I've seen people listening to this in Australia and Spain and, uh, Japan. It's, it's so cool. It's ridiculous. So thank you all for listening, for sticking with us and, uh, taking a peek behind the curtain on some of the things that we have here at Invictus and, um, you know, thank you especially to our Patreon supporters. If you want to support the podcast, you can head over to patreon.com slash Invictus World. You can get into a monthly uh, support system there where you can just give us a buck a month, five bucks a month, ten bucks a month, fifteen bucks, whatever, uh, whatever you can help with. Uh, it goes a long, long way with our organization and the things we're trying to do for our members. So, Head over to patreon.com slash Invictus World. Help us out. 
All right. Without further ado, we're going to get into it. This is the COVID episode, and we are here with Michael Spake, choreographer and board treasurer of Invictus, founding member, and our director, Tracy Wooten. Enjoy. Michael, why don't you talk a little bit about, why don't you kick us off and just talk about where things ended last season? Because we, we had a lot of good momentum, and I think that's where the podcast came from. I mean, the pod, no, the podcast definitely came from, you know, just this energy of the season, and then, you know, the plug was pulled on us. And how did, how did last season go for you? I mean, last season was great. Whenever we were finishing up, of course, it finished early. We all know that, but I'm used to, we're all used to getting the off season, you know, we go up and up and up till the finish line and then it drops off for the summer months when marching band starts up again and whenever we are doing other things and that came early. So what do we do with ourselves? What do we do for the members? How do we make sure that we can still find meaning in what we do? And so that was a bit challenging, but it did give us a lot of extra time to sit and talk about what the future holds and and what we could do for the 2021 season and you know we're already at the end of 2020 and we have made some good headway on the 2021 season already and if we could turn back time when covid began i don't know if we would have had a plan like we do now and it's been working very well and it's been fun. Yeah, I don't know that we would have done a whole lot differently either. Like, it sucked to lose the season or and lose uh, Dayton and the whole closure of, you know, as you said, we, we we're constantly kind of evolving uh, season to season. And there's overlap between, diff, you know, winter and, and spring, uh, summer band camps, fall marching band, drum corps, all of that stuff. Um, you know, and, and I, you know, in terms of what we were doing with, with Invictus at the end of the year, I mean, we really didn't want to give up this, this bond that, that the group had, um, and just the momentum of the organization. Um, some, some things went really well last year. A lot of things went really well. Um, Tracy, you want to talk about the summer and just the connection you saw with the group and, and what kept things going with the organization over the summer? Well, I think the biggest thing was we had a group of them move into a house together in Austin. Um, um, probably like in the middle of COVID. <laughs> I mean, right. Um, yeah, I believe it was July and yeah. Um, yeah, at the height of COVID. And, um, but there, um, those, members are very responsible um very mature um adults um not your typical like little punk kids these are like um (laughs) grown-ups and um and and have been with the organization a long time um it's like our core nucleus of members that live in that house and um with all of them that basically um started our first original bubble yeah. Um, 
of the seven that were already living together in the same home. Um, we <clears throat> also like started working on podcasts and soundtrack and everything that we possibly could, I think a little bit to give us something to do um, during COVID when we're all locked down and right. all of us focusing on um, Invictus like organizationally and um, obtaining the um, truck to get our props and floor and stuff around in and um, getting that um, um, that core nucleus in Austin and out of College Station and getting them here locally helped. Let's um let's rewind and talk a little bit about what a what a bubble is because I think there's um you know as as groups and as we have responded to COVID um, different organizations whether it's a, a local circuit or or the national circuit WGI. Uh, DCI, you know, everybody has their own responsibilities and interests and um, statements they need to make for just how to handle COVID. But I think the the bubble concept is is really important because that's something that we we have kind of stayed true to from the beginning of this. It's um, talk, what's a bubble just for everybody? Well, it would be like a um like a household of people um, that are all doing things safely as far as COVID goes, um, meaning that they're not out and eating inside of restaurants. They're not going out in public when they don't need to. Yeah. Um, they are wearing a mask. They are doing everything completely safely. Um, and it'd be the same as like, um, um, a mother and father and their children. It's a household yeah. Um, where they're all living together, cohabitating. And <clears throat> when they do go out, they play everything safe and by the book. Yeah. Um, and it takes uh, a little bit of trust, I would say, and um, a little bit of common sense and knowledge about how COVID works um, and all those kind of things. And we've, We've done, I think, a really good job educating all of our membership on the basic science behind this virus, um, how you're going to get it, how you're going to not, um, all the misconceptions out there. Um, and I still know a lot of people that don't understand it completely. Yeah. Um, but <clears throat> you have to have everybody like on board doing things properly. Uh, safely that everybody can trust and that bubble started with the seven um, um, I'd been around them helping them move in a little bit doing those kind of things um, we would get together like over the summer to do different projects before we began uh, yeah. for Invictus and um, and then as time goes on trust is established we added on uh, when we started in October um, a few more people that would spend the weekend there, but these are people that we, we trusted that we knew what they were doing during the week and slowly over time, that bubble increased, um, where these are people that we trust that are around each other, um, and those kind of things. I don't think that you can actually create a bubble like this with a high school group, because with the high school kids, they don't have a 
choice over what their parents and their brothers and sisters are doing. Right. Um, we don't we don't know what their home life is like, nor should we. Yeah. Um, for the most part. Well, it's a lot um, more. If you have a marching band of you know 100 kids, 100 and 200 kids, color guard, right. who are they hanging out with? Um, who rode to rehearsal together? You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's there's so much of that. I think with the independent group, it's really unique. We already had the wheels were in motion for this core nucleus group of Invictus members to move to the Austin area. That's uh, real estate in <laughs> in mm-hmm. Austin is a very tricky thing. Um, that started, you know, even before the season, uh, where we knew these people were going to be moving into the Austin area. It's nothing like um, nobody forced them to. It wasn't that wasn't part of it. That was just they were they were going to be doing Invictus again. Uh, they were all most of them were living in a house together out in College Station. They wanted to regroup and relocate to Austin to do Invictus and find jobs. Um, there's more teaching jobs in this area. Um, so yeah, that was, the wheels were in motion there. The train had left the station and they were going to be here. So that was automatic. That was kind of our first experience with the bubble. Um, I mean, I guess maybe we should all talk about our bubbles a little bit because it's, I think it's important just even for contact tracing, you know, and people think about contact tracing, like it's, uh, like we're putting microchips in people and, and it has to be this super high tech thing. It's, it's like, no, when you're in your bubble, you can trace back. If there is a case of COVID, we know that this person had it. I came into contact with them at this point on this day, and we're going to isolate that person through Invictus, uh, who, may have come in contact with this other person. So when we, we have those bubbles, we're able to, you know, contact trace and, and back up and, and figure out safe ways to deal with that. And we've actually had a, a case of that. We've had, I think, I think we've had like three or four members that have come in contact with somebody that had it at work or, um, where it got where they got notified, um, those people immediately went into their own little quarantine um, and got tested and retested um, until we were confident that they weren't going to be introducing it into us. Yeah. And they were very very um, upfront about all those kind of things um, yep. where um, they didn't hide it. They would call me and let me know like immediately what was going on, what their exposure was. We talked, then we would talk through it a little bit and well, you definitely need to get tested. Um, and when the one happened on, I believe it was on a Thursday afternoon, if they were in contact a few days before, by the time that we get through the weekend, even if they would have tested negative that day, there's a chance that they could become um, contagious over the weekend. And we went virtual the whole weekend. And then the next weekend after that, we added them back in slowly in small groups based on where they lived. Um, That's right. That's right. You did a group with, uh, you did a Houston group, you did a Austin group, you did a San Antonio group, and I think you did a college station group, right? Um, yeah, I think it was Houston, San Antonio, Austin, 
Oh, in the Invictus house. In the Invictus <laughs> house. And we kept yeah, yeah. it separate. Right. Yeah. Right. Until we had the time to get everybody tested and assured that we could get back together again. Yeah, there is kind of this false choice thing that's happened with the pandemic where, like anything, it just gets boiled down to, you know, one side or another. And for us, it was our job to look at the gray areas and decide what was right for our group. And, um, you know, and that's different from, you know, let's say a drum corps or even a, a circuit that has to host shows and think about spectator safety. Uh, judges, um, their safety. So, um, you know, we, we, we have a, our own specific set of circumstances and, you know, for us and the level of performer that we, we have dedicated to this group and the, the mission statement of our organization, you know, we wanted to provide something. And so Michael, why don't you talk a little bit more about the specifics of how we, um, have have tried to tackle the the COVID thing and and you know Tracy gave us some good examples of just specific COVID things. But what's what's different about Invictus and and our circumstances and what allows us to move forward with the season the way we have this year? Well, I think that we're in a unique position because we are the type of group that we are. You know, being an independent color guard, yeah, we naturally react to situations like this. Well, this year it's the COVID situation, but being a small group like this, operating the way that we do, we have a lot of moving parts. And so we're in a unique position to respond quickly to things because that's kind of our game. We're used to that. Even yeah. though this year there's a higher stakes and there's health implications to the choices that we make, we're used to doing the work. You know, when you keep the work at the focus for the membership to make sure everyone's safe and responding to things quickly for each weekend, and that's something we're already used to. So I think we were in a unique situation to where we could respond the correct way and still give it high importance, high priority uh, for the safety of the members and everyone involved uh, because we're a little operation, we can get things done and we are smart people to make sure that everyone's accounted for. And yeah, the I, I think it's like, and we've said it on board meetings, like we can walk and chew gum at the same time. Like we, we can figure this out. Um, and it's kind of our job to figure this out as a performing arts nonprofit, um, providing the experience, uh, providing the training, providing the social and emotional uh, connection through a group like this, I think is really, really important, especially in, in these times of isolation. Um, you know, and it's, a, I, we've kind of said it from the start, like we, we had this momentum of, you know, really strong season going and we really didn't want to stop. We wanted to keep that momentum going. And, you know, we're still a, a young organization. Uh, this is our fifth season. And, um, we have this great core group of people, um, vets who've been with us from the first season. Um, and we want to, we want to keep this thing going and figure it out any way we can. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. I think that, you know, a big part of that, this is our year, uh, this is year five, uh, this is year five of Invictus and we've never had to do anything virtually. We've been, afforded the opportunity to do everything in person. That's 
how the system works, right? And after we had to organize the weekend after the Thursday news that someone had potentially come in contact with someone at work, we went all virtual that weekend and that was a trial run. We didn't know if it was going to work, how to do it. Um, so we had never taught over a computer before. I'm thinking and talking with Tracy, do I face the computer? Do I face away from the computer? Where are we gonna have Wi-Fi and enough room to spin? All those things that come into play that you don't really think about because we're always together in person. Yeah. And uh, it definitely went way better. It was a lot easier than, than you would think now that we're on the other side of it. Well, and there's some interesting things that came out of that. And I wanna, I wanna get back to that, but I think it would be good for us to rewind and go back to the planning at the beginning of the season, because we, we've actually been going since October and we did, we, we really only adjusted our season. It was off by about two weeks. Um, and we did, you know, usually we do like a spin clinic at the beginning of the year. It's kind of like an experience type of camp before the audition, um, kind of breaks down that barrier for people who maybe didn't feel they were ready to audition, but you know, they would get them in house and, they'd have a good experience and we'd encourage people to come back for the audition then the next weekend. That usually happens in September for us. Um, but we, we basically started in October and did a short audition, uh, made some decisions really quickly. Tracy, do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Um, it was trying to come up with a plan during the month of September. Like what are we going to do or not do? Um, and, WGI had not made an announcement yet over what they were going to do. And then <clears throat> through our conversation, I, I think it was you, Matt, that came up with the plan of the pavilion um, where we can rehearse outside with masks, social distance, completely safe. Open um, air. Yep. Op and the minute that we <clears throat> um, discovered that it's like, well, we need two weeks to advertise and let's go. Yeah. Um, Let's, well, in the pavilion, let's, let's clarify what a pavilion is, because I, I mean, we we have the benefit in Texas of uh, decent climate. I'm up here in Minnesota, and uh, straight up blizzard uh, <laughs> weather last night. Um, I I could totally see where a group up here, uh, if they can't get into a college or a high school or whatever, <clears throat> I mean, it's it's game over. And our restrictions are really. Uh, really tight up here because we've had a, you know, horrible spike up here, but, you know, going back to the pavilion, you know, they have these things in, in Texas where, you know, in the middle of the summer, if you have an outdoor basketball court, um, they've actually put up a huge, um, basically a, a roof over that. And we found pavilions in, uh, in and around the Austin area. There's several of them where, you know, we could, we could throw, and um you know be in the shade and, and have cover if we needed to but also you guys were in the middle of a park so if you wanted to take a take the flags over here or, or you know divide divide up it's basically like drum corps weather at that point yeah um it was like i think the first one it was in the 90s i think the coldest it got was like upper 70s um through october um when we were in the pavilion and it was on Sunday only for about eight hours, I think. And then we had to navigate 
during that time, there was a train that kept going by and it <laughs> blew its horn so loud, we had to stop. Um, then we had to deal with wind and then with the changing of season, um, we had to deal with like, oh, it's getting dark. We have to go home early. Um, all these unforeseen things, um, new territory. But when we started with the pavilion, we knew that we could do it weather-wise through the month of October. And we didn't really even have a really good solid plan for November when we had to go indoor because of the weather. Um, but we knew that we could get the group together. We could at least get it started. Um, we've got a month to figure out whether we do virtual, whether we do in-person. We had a month to figure it out. We knew that we could at least get the group together, get them started and get them like training. Um, we were going to do a, a show no matter what um, was our um, approach. Um, like um, um, even if we can't compete, um, if TCGC doesn't offer anything, if WGI doesn't offer anything, it really didn't matter to us. We were still going to get the group together. We were still going to move forward. We're still going to train new members coming into the pro program. We're still going to have all of them improve their, their skill, their experience. Um, even with me and Michael, we have to like practice our art and we have to get better too. And we were taking the season off was never really on the table. Um, it was always going to be at least something and um, taking it slow at the beginning and doing what we could do um, safely and then just taking it from there. Um, we were looking at warehouses, I think, and other places where we could go. Um, there's no way that we could get into a school or a university or anything that way. We were fortunate enough to find facilities that we could actually afford to um, pay for. Um, and um, which kind of like, we had to adapt our budget, um, all these kind of things just to keep moving forward. And so far we have been um, right on top of a regular season schedule. I would feel confident in. Um, I, like right now we've got all, almost half of the show laid out um, and probably about a little over half of that we've got choreography done like actual working choreography um, happening um, and and again we're op still operating safely and those kind of things we did social distancing um, completely the month of October um, when we moved indoors um we kept that going and waiting for other members to join the bubble and it took about two months for that to happen before we could even come close to get together to do any sort of weight sharing or those kind of things and even with that everybody still wears the mask um and we only do those things as necessary for a short period of time and so far we've been safe yeah, I've, Michael, um, does this feel like, I mean, from, from your side of this, other than figuring out the Zoom thing, which I know we had to divide up for two weeks there just with, just, uh, you know, trying to be smart and we had people who were exposed through their work or school situation, um, you know, other than figuring out the Zoom thing and 
you know, hey, I need to have AirPods on and I need to, you know, be this close to the <laughs> Wi-Fi if we're going to pull this off in the backyard and, and all that. I mean, other than some of those new things, um, is does this feel like a, a normal season to you or how does this feel in comparison to other seasons? Well, Tracy said it earlier that our goal was to do a show before we even heard the announcements from WGI or TCGC. And back then, before the statements were released from both of those groups, uh, I was a little unsure of what it would look like, who we were going to be teaching, how we'd be teaching it. But now, in hindsight, we're in December now, it's almost January, and it feels pretty regular, regular, as the kids say. It's, um, you know, Tracy and I needed, um, we've worked together for years now, and so we have a good working relationship, and I feel like it is pretty normal. We wear masks now. Um, we're still learning the show. We're making our way through it, but I think now that we've been able to figure out the safety aspect and prioritize that, I always keep it about the work. And so now I'm just work focused because we've already figured out the bubbles. We've already figured out a testing every two weeks. We've already figured out, you know, when to do the weight sharing, when not to. And that's something that's always going to be evaluated as we're moving forward once we get updates for the vaccine or the science involved. But it does feel pretty normal at this point being able to teach and just work on the show and just do the work because that's what I like to do anyways. And that's why I've been really happy with how things have turned out, even though the 2020 season ended so short. Um, I think getting into this season now and waiting it out a little bit and just adapting to the new variables that never existed before has allowed it to get to this normal spot or the new normal, I guess we could call it. Sure. And it feels like the same as we've done before. The kids are great and we have fun and we are still doing the work for a new, a new art. <laughs> so yeah, that's interesting. We can, we should talk about just designing now in this new paradigm or this kind of one-off year paradigm where there are a lot of options because, uh, you know, we have in-person performances that we're going to pursue here within our local circuit, but then also we have uh, the opportunity to sh then share a performance over video, which opens up all kinds of options. So I'm sure it's, you want to find a good middle ground of, um, you know, regular color guard performance, but, you know, is there anything you guys are, are sticking to in terms of, you know, this is what design needs to be. This is what a show needs to be. This is what a season needs to feel like. Or is it all just kind of up in the air and, hey, maybe we'll try something completely different. I mean, what's what are the pros and cons of that? And, and how have you guys decided to approach this from a design standpoint? Right. The, the goal <laughs> um, is to put together a regular show. Um, plain and simple. Um, the goal was never to come up with a new art form and venture yeah. into that. Um, the, our art is so specific to what we do. 
Um, and like I said, we need to practice that and get better at it. Uh, the members do, we do as a staff, and um, we need to keep growing and developing that. Um, that is 100% what the kids want. They want to come in, they want to do their dance class, they want to do their across the floor, they want to do their block, they want to learn choreography, and they want to get their spot in the show and find out what their costume is. And these are all things that are part of our culture that that is what is gonna make them um, the most happy. Um, that's, what that's what they're looking for. Um, that's what Michael and I are looking for. And that's why it feels so regular right now. Um, that's what we do when we go into the gym. Uh, we're doing everything safely and we're focused on the art. And the kids right now are focused on getting better. Um, none, none of them have the mindset of, oh, it doesn't matter because we're not going to WGI. To them, it feels exactly the same. To Michael and I, it feels exactly the same. We're still on the same path. We spend 99% of our time in the gym working on our art um, and every year. And we go to Dayton and we go to a regional and we go to a show. And of course, we love those moments, but you, the other 99% of the time is what everybody's actually looking for. And I see the kids getting better every day, um, week by week, day by day. I see them improving and growing, understanding more, um, getting better at what they do, um, um, having a good experience, uh, meeting new friends, all that kind of stuff. Um, it's We're doing what we've been institutionalized to do our whole <laughs> life in Color Guard. Yeah. Like, and we're keeping all those parts and pieces there. Um, and I think that's why even right now we have so much momentum um, where the group is improving. They're happy. Um, it feels about as regular as it possibly can. Um, but that's what we've been after the whole time was not to enter into different sort of art thing or whatever. Um, the thing that we need and <clears throat> the most important thing to us which is why when WGI got canceled last year, it was devastating to all of us, like for a while. Yeah, um, that was like, we, a, that was a legitimate grieving process <laughs> that I think yeah. both of us went through. Well, for, um, for a while and the yeah. membership and, and yeah, it, it like horrible. Um, and, and then when you look back at it, like, like, um, and think like, what is it we're actually after? Because it, the, the whole point thing and like, what did you score? I don't care. Like, what groups did you beat? I don't know. I don't care. Um, but what we want is we want, number one, exposure um, to what we do. Um, we need that exposure. That we can kind of do ourselves through social media and other ways um, to get it out there. And we need a little bit of recognition um, for being good at what we do. That I think that we can get done through social media in other ways too. The kids do need the opportunity to get in front of people to at least perform in person. And we're gonna be able to give them that as well um, this year with TCGC. Um, if not, maybe if things do open up eventually, maybe we can travel and go to a different region. And um, again, safely once, Right now, it's there's no way, but who yeah. knows what's going to happen in three months from now. Right. Um, and uh, but that's been our goal the, the whole way through. 
um, that's what we're looking for. Um, I think that's what the kids want as well too. Um, not trying to shift their art into a certain way or get into some competitive thing that really doesn't matter because it's in a vacuum that nobody can really see, I guess. Yeah. Um, and it's not about like, we don't care if we're better than that group or they score higher or they score lower. It's all we want is the recognition that we're good at what we do. Um, that would be the equivalent of making finals in Dayton. That's where you get that recognition is you're among the best. Here you go. Yeah. Um, which we were on the path on last year. Um, we get the um, exposure through performing. Um, and so it's those two things with me, like philosophically that I'm most dedicated to making sure happen um, are those two things. And of course, remember their overall experience. Are they getting better? Are they improving? Are they growing? Are they developing? Um, those kind of things. So that's, that's kind of our overall approach on our decision-making as we go forward. Yeah. Um, in terms of communicating that to the membership, I mean, that is where the rubber meets the road with a lot of what you do with, with the members and, and developing and, and being very clear in the philosophy and, and helping people realize that and, and not personalize things and, and really build, build this, this group philosophy. I mean, do you, do you feel like, like, how is that going? Because this is so different and it, it is such a, a mind shift um, for, for some people. I mean, we, I can think of our, our vets that have been around for a while and um, their reasons for being here and, and what motivates them. But, you know, we, when you bring new people into a program, um, you know, those things are, can be all over the place. Um, how is, how has that process gone for you? Does that feel regular? I think that with the core nucleus of, of members that have been with Invictus since day zero in 2017, they continue to do it for their own reasons. And they continue to do it because they love the process and they love being in the gym. And, and we do spend what, like 20 something hours in the gym with each other on the weekends. It's, it's very easy to, to, enjoy the company of others if you're in a good environment and if you're passionate about what you're doing. And I think in order to keep that going, the membership works super hard to physically exert themselves for the weekend and give themselves to this art form that they like, the color guard stuff. Uh, and, and Tracy and I make sure that we can give them what they need to be able to do well and be successful. and they do all the work and it's not just an individual. And I think we do a good job of, of ensuring that we're all in it together. Invictus is Invictus. It's not just one single person. And if we keep it about the group and about the process and about doing the work, I know I keep saying that, but yeah. if you just focus on that, that's what, that, that's what keeps it going and keeps it all together. It's really that simple. Yeah. I brought this up with Tracy Last season, um, in the 2020 season, we started performing and it was something along the lines of, oh, I forget that we have to show this to people. We spend so many hours in the gym thinking and 
and working and just experiencing stuff with the membership and and watching them get better and better and do some pretty incredible stuff, which is why Invictus is successful because of what the members are capable of doing. And we spend so many hours in the gym looking at that, shaping that, no pun intended. And that turns into the normal process, you know, what I focus on personally. And when it comes to the performance and getting the number and getting the validation from from everyone else, whether that is from your parents watching the, you know, the video you get to watch or the run through, all those things are good and we do love those things. But the majority of the time we are in the gym together doing this, the hard work and that is what keeps everything moving. And that is of course why it feels so regular this season because we're approaching it the same exact way. And even when it comes to performance season, whatever that looks like in March with TCGC at our local circuit, uh, it is gonna be a shift in the energy, you know, whenever you get into performance season versus in the gym rehearsal mode. And that comes every season, you know, we, we spend so much time working and working and working. And then it, it's like, all right, we gotta show it to people now. And, and there's a reason why we're doing what we do, but it's not the sole purpose. Uh, because of the amount of time we spend doing the other part. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I wonder about this this season and the approach and and it, it, this has kind of held a mirror up, I think, for for everybody. Everybody's been isolated and um, you know, I wonder about the future of the activity and I also wonder about lessons learned during this process. Um, is, is there anything, Michael, in, in just having to adjust for COVID, um, having to adjust, uh, within bubbles or even teaching online and, and all, is there anything along the way that you feel like you've picked up? That's like, I never would have done it that way, but I think I'm going to keep this, you know, I'm going to add this to my bag of tricks for teaching in, in future seasons. I wouldn't say there's anything to add to the bag of tricks. I would say it's helped solidify the understanding that the members that show up to do the things care a whole lot, whether it looks like it or not. Um, we sign up to do color guard. We spend a lot of money to do color guard and the members that want to do the stuff will be there and they will work hard if you give them the tools to be successful in that way. And uh, there have been so many extra variables this season that we've had to consider, but because of the board uh, and and everyone working together, we've been able to sort through those things to make sure that the impact to the members is minimal and everything can be as seamless as possible. But I think it's just further solidified that the members care so much and it's our job to give an experience to them that they can be proud of and despite all the hurdles of, of 2020, ending the 2020 season and starting this season in quarantine or COVID times, um, they've still been giving as much, if not more than they, they have in the past. And that's inspiring and makes me wanna work hard too because we're giving and sharing with each other. Yeah. Tracy, is there anything yeah. this season? <clears throat> yeah, there's actually a few like a few things. One is um, I was concerned in October, like thinking ahead about what's going to be happening in December when we're in 
<clears throat> design mode, laying out the show and motivation for the membership of, you know, um, you got to get, you got to get this part down. Um, and they'll maybe approach it, you know, like what for, if we're not competing, like, um, that whole thing. Um, and I was concerned about it. Um, like, I hope we don't get to that point to where we're trying to, uh, when you're, when you're growing and you're learning, there's a point of being very uncomfortable. Um, and you need some sort of motivation to keep you moving forward through that. Like I don't have my seven. I need to get my seven. I need to be able to do this. And then, um, and without us competing that motivation for the membership or even with me and Michael, like what we need to find what that motivation is. And then what I've learned is there, that is not a motivation. <laughs> We've all been again, institutionalized on in what we do. And we're still focused on that. And that's where we find our happiness um, when it comes to all this. Um, and when it gets to the point to where you start getting stressed out, like, oh my gosh, we need to be able to do. And then you think back, like, really? I can relax. Um, uh, design choices. You know what? I'd like to try this. I think it might be cool. I know that people are expecting this. And maybe we should just go ahead and do that. Maybe it's going to be more competitive. I really want to do this. I'm going to do it anyway. And then you find out that um, without more of a relaxed brain, when it comes to it, without that competitive thing in the back, you're a lot more open-minded and open thinking when it comes to a lot of stuff um, on choices that you make. Um, and, um, and then, <clears throat> like I said before, finding out that we don't need competitive motivation to get better, I think is amazing. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's learning those kind of things is what I've been going through. Nothing really specific um, about a teaching method or we've had to adjust those. But um, um, I think um, that that freedom of we're doing it because we want to and everybody's here for the right reasons. There's nobody here to for, you know, just to be in a group that's going to make finals or anything that way everybody's here for the right reasons and we're moving forward i think that's the biggest thing i've learned through it do you have any final thoughts on what groups should be thinking about or what goals we can achieve in 2021 despite all the odds anything is better than nothing wgi's offered a lot of different options um for these color guards, small groups, individual, um, I think it's important that everybody keeps doing something no matter what it is. Um, even, even if it's not a regular season, I don't say give up on it. If it's gonna be a small group thing, if it's gonna be whatever it is, just to keep the members active and involved. Um, I hope nobody out there just takes the year off and doesn't do anything. Um, there are things that they could be doing virtually or something to keep their members active, um, feeling a part of something, getting better at what they do. Um, and like I said, even the staff, we all need to get better at what we do. Um, and we need to grow. Um, we need to introduce new members into our program and start developing that. Um, and I think I said this over the summer, um, but like 
if if a high school group would take the complete year off and do nothing, um, um, and some of them aren't allowed, and I'm, but um, you're talking about like a whole class of freshmen that you didn't get in. You're talking about your freshmen from the year before that didn't get to finish a season. And then when you come back next year, once everything's back to normal, your experience level in your group has dropped off by 50%. Yeah. Um, and right. that's not a way to keep growing and moving, even program-wise. And even with the kids, you take a year off, they're going to lose interest, find other interest, move on. Uh, so for the benefit of the program, for the benefit of the membership, um, I hope that everybody's at least doing something, um, no matter what that is. And to each their own when it comes to that. Um, and hopefully they are doing a little bit of introspect on why we do this to begin with. I know I've been through that big time and had to come to terms with a lot of things. And I feel good about where we're sitting right now. Yeah. Michael, anything? <laughs> no, I feel good about it too. I. It feels the most regular to me just because I've been working in the same system. So that's why I, I enjoy it. And I think as long as we keep it about the work and the members that are doing the work to make Invictus what it is, then you can't ever go wrong. And it only inspires me more to, to continue giving to that process. <laughs> <laughs>